Welcome to the Untitled Theme Entertainment Design Lockdown Show. Well, at the point of the recording, this was the lockdown show. We are on episode number five, and we're going back. We're going to go open up that COVID vault. That sounds really scary. Uh, for our original episode two, that was streamed live on April 12th of 2020. I mean, you cannot pick a worse date for me to want to go back in time to than April 12th, 2020. <laughs> Like, that was pretty bad you know it's like oh, oh not man. the covid vault yeah we you know on this episode you know we intended to dive into the state of las vegas um we had a special guest right right andy my cousin peter go uh who uh was a manager a box office box office manager at uh the zappos theater in las vegas at the planet hollywood and uh, uh he has since now as of as of today he's returned to work and now he's box office manager at the uh, Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. Well, that's great. Well, you know, honestly, this show specifically is why we did this. We did this because there was a lot of really tough news that we went through. We had the Disney furloughs. We had Beijing potentially being delayed. Um, all, all sorts of things, and we just we started the show to come together as a community and to talk about it in real time and try to process information. So. Get open up the vault, get the key, and, and we're never going to open again because we don't want to go back to April 2020. <laughs> uh, but you can all enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Lockdown Show. Theme that are ten might. It's like it's like a kind of marmite, but for theme parks. <laughs> How you doing today, Andy? Good. How are you? I'm living the quarantine dream here. Living the quarantine dream. Who isn't? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so we got a big show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Vegas a little bit later on. Um, we're going to we're going to give some time. We're going to just going to stall here while we know we have hundreds of people that are going to join the feed. Hundreds. Uh, but uh yeah it's it's another week is in the books right yeah here we are week four how are how, how so i what's so interesting is that you're used to working from home no not so, not home but working by myself here in the studio stress apologize yeah working in your studio so this really hasn't been too big of a i mean realistically speaking do you have any like I, i'm throwing you on the spot here but do you have any like top three tips for working remotely in the studio kind of isolated if you don't mind i mean i don't want to well, be i mean uh, i did a facebook post about it last month uh half jokingly saying uh well just drink lots of soda and coffee and water so that you have to get up every 30 or 40 minutes to go to the bathroom you know to keep moving around um but uh, <laughs> other than that i mean man i really miss i mean i had lunches booked pretty much every day with friends and colleagues and stuff and uh, I miss that the most. But the top three. Uh, so I, the top one was um, drink lots of fluids so that, you know, you keep hydrated and you that gives you a reason to get up and walk around, move around a little bit. Uh, for me, I get to go up and down some stairs to my bathroom uh, downstairs. Uh, and uh, number two is try to keep the schedule 
I'm usually pretty terrible about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I usually get up around 10 or 11. I didn't this morning because I was on a on another podcast for the uh, opening of Disneyland Paris. Uh, for- well, I mean, tell me a bit about that. I, I actually, we, you kind of told me earlier, but like, what what were you doing on the podcast? Who's the hosting the podcast? All that kind of good stuff. So honestly, I don't know who the host of the podcast was. I don't remember their names. I'm going to look it up on Twitter right now. But um, uh, so late last night, I got home late. Um, my housemate and I were watching, uh, we're just plowing through uh, Mad Men, the old TV show. Uh, and so we were up late watching that. So I got home and I got on the Twitter and somebody posted uh, a video of uh, the Four Tops and the Temptations performing at the uh, on the opening telecast of Disneyland Paris, which is uh, the um, uh, 20th anniversary of the opening of Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. today. And um, uh, sorry, I just got a text from Dave. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, and I, I hadn't seen that in many, many years. And then I, I commented, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Cause I'm like playing trombone right in the front. You can see me on the video from, you know, almost 30 years ago. And, uh, and then this guy posted this other video of, uh, this 30 minute documentary about the all American marching band, which I was in. And, and I hadn't seen that in a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I got really emotional. I was like, like, like laying in bed like early this morning like watching this video weeping quietly and uh and then i was chatting with him and he's like well we're doing this this show in like five hours do you want to come on and i'm like sure because yeah. <laughs> they were like oh my god you were there and i'm like yeah but it was a long time ago <laughs> well uh, so i agreed to it and it was this it's this uh let me see what it was called uh, it was these guys at i want to say dlp what was it dlp report at DLP report, Disneyland Paris news, photos and videos daily, and in English. Right? Tweets by Ben. I think Ben was the host. Right. But there were the uh, there were this. You know, I was on with like four or five other people, and um, they did this whole show about the opening of the, the park with music and songs and guests and whatnot. But I think I was the only one who was actually there. Are we? Were you? So you were a part of the All American Band? Was that at Disneyland? No, it was. Uh, as I explained this morning to them, uh, it was normally it's a college group uh, that performs at the Disney parks, uh, but they expanded it to high school students because they needed so many kids and they needed so many kids that could like, you know, could come and, and pay their own way. Um, and uh, for me, it was like my senior trip because I was a senior in high school uh, in 1992. Uh, and I was headed to USC the following fall already. I already knew that. So and the the band was directed by Art Bartner and led mostly by Trojan marching band members who, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just all just got drunk and whored around Paris while we were there, which was awesome because um, they were older. Yeah, uh, but uh, it was a crazy event. Uh, so anyway, uh, I I went with one other student from my school and a bunch of other kids from Orange County, and there were like. I want to say 350 people in this band. It was enormous. Yeah. And, uh, and we were there for four or five days and we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. Uh, and then we had the day of the telecast, which was, which started with the opening of the hotel and then went on to all of the different uh, performances and venues that we did that they pre pre-recorded for the actual live broadcast, which was the end of the day, uh, which uh, was the uh, where we all run, marched down Main Street, and then they cut the ribbon, and then we all run through the castle 
And because I was in the front of the band, I was one of the first kids to actually run through the castle like 1955 style. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was the greatest moment of my life. You know, I remember it like it was yesterday and it was it was truly, truly uh, amazing. And I was very, very lucky. That's great. So we can catch that on that podcast. But you know what? We're not here to talk about that, although we did. Uh, <laughs> we're here to give you the uh, so we yeah, we started the show last week. This is episode two. Uh, we're here to talk about the, the state of the themed entertainment industry. Um, really, if you're a fan of the industry, you can listen to it. But really, we're here. You know, we're also here um, to just talk about what's going on. Um, we had a lot of news this week that came out. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to run through some news articles and just give you some thoughts about it uh, and go from there. So, you know, we have Universal Beijing Resorts. Tom uh, sees a bright future resorts still on target to open in 2021. So Universal is still completely on track. Um, at least that's, a, that's what they're saying. Uh, this is a bunch of words, right? So it's really about the title. Uh, what say you, Andy? Well, I mean, I uh, I think that Universal is making the right choice. And I think that, um, you know, continuing as, as full steam ahead as they possibly can on their projects, I think is the right choice because, you know, as you know, you know, themed entertainment projects have a long, you know, uh, gestation and burn time and take a long time to design and build. And, you know, th- you know, this isn't forever. You know, we're not going to be in lockdown forever. And certainly uh, one hopes that the economic effect isn't going to be as dramatic as the last uh, Great Recession or, or the Great Depression. Uh, I really still have the, the fervent hope that uh, when the lockdown is over that, you know, it'll just kind of slowly ramp back up and everybody get their jobs back, you know? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, certainly not many, uh, not all restaurants or theaters or, you know, entertainment venues will survive. But uh, I think for the most part, everybody's just going to kind of just go back to work. Well, yeah. And, and my, my thought, so what's interesting is, is that in Orlando, Florida, um, a huge thing I hear is Halloween Horror Nights. And I, I tweeted this out earlier this week where uh, I just feel like knowing how they work, which is, you know, they're constantly turning out that content. They have several fabricators and designers that are working. Um, this is their big 30th anniversary year. And I feel like even though they are saying they're on track, it feels like we're probably not going to get as many houses that we think we were going to get originally. And I think there's going to be this last minute push probably in July when maybe the coast is clear to put a bunch of entertainment out there. So we might have more entertainment than we have had in many years, but a few less houses and all these haunts are also going to have to grapple with the fact that people do not want to um, do the conga line. You know, Brian Morrow said on a, on an IAPA webinar or, or live stream earlier this week, about how he's working with folks and 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 they're just trying to figure out what does that look like. You know, I don't want to be. I'm, it's uncomfortable as it is. I don't want to be uh, completely. You know, in a conga line with people behind me, below me. You don't want that right now. You know no. what I mean? What do you think? You know, I, I think that your your point about the entertainment is a really good idea. I mean, uh, there's certain things I I can't talk about. I know I know things that I can't talk about. Yeah, same with uh, so that's that's the line we're always gonna have to tell on this show. It's just like coming to the line, and I'm like, oh well, hold on, I don't know all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they're they're you know, 
you know, the Marathon of Mayhem show was really popular last year. Uh, people really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, and I think think that and things like that, um, you know, could really go a long way to fill the gaps, like you said, in, you know, the lack of preparation time for the for the houses and whatnot. Uh, scare, scare zones are much easier to build, you know, than a full-on haunted maze, you know, so maybe we'll see more elaborate scare zones. I don't yeah. know. You know, uh, it, you know, it's not terribly easy to mount a show either a live show mm -hmm. i mean uh, a pre-recorded show like you know like marathon of mayhem where you just like you push the button uh is one thing you know but uh to like you know say like oh let's bring back bill and ted you know that's a whole another thing i know i'd love that don't don't talk like that to me because i'd love to have bill and ted back. Right? i don't mean to tease you i know <laughs> that's I, okay and full disclosure i don't know anything about that i'm not alluding to anything yeah about that at all yeah no exactly um, so we also, so moving from universal, we have some news at Disney that came up, um, Disney stock downgraded over dim theme park forecasts. So we know the parks are getting hit pretty hard right now. They're, they're shuttering down. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you take? What's your take of this? Um, I think, you know, I, I was talking to, uh, to some friends, um, earlier this week on another show about how uh, I was on the mice tube, the mice chat podcast mm -hmm. uh, earlier this week. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, virtual queues uh, and capacity versus capacity uh, and how, if they are going to do just virtual queues from everything from rise to the resistance to teacups, even, you know, just to prevent people from standing shoulder to shoulder in line uh, together. Um, then there's a capacity issue because the park, because you know, you know, as you know, like a third to half of the park capacity is in the is in the queues mm -hmm. and the attractions and F and B and retail and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I I think that you know when parks do reopen, I think it's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be limited capacity. Do you think maybe uh, Disney will say like, okay, instead of fifty thousand people a day, we're only going to let in twenty? And yeah. then you have to make a reservation. There's no more hard ticket sales at the ticket booths. You know, you have to pre-plan your visit. Uh, all the guests at the resort, you know, hotels all guaranteed to get in, but nobody else is guaranteed to get in. Maybe it's a lottery. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe the scene that we saw at the uh, at the plaza and Main Street in the hub uh, for with people, you know, like everybody's on their phones, you know, trying to get a reservation for a rise. Uh, is going to be in the Esplanade on their phones trying to get into the park. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, the first the first take of this is the first park to open up is going to be Shanghai Disneyland. They've already started to, to open up a little bit. So I think for clues of how domestic parks are going to handle it is going to be um, looking at Shanghai Disneyland. They've they've already put a lot of restrictions in there. They you know they're keeping their social distance, um, which is an interesting take. Is that um, the people of China are far more used to restrictions and kind of falling in line with whatever the government says. Um, so I think that's going to be the first take of how the parks reopen up. Um, it's going to be looking to, it's going to be looking at Shanghai Disneyland. That's going to be the first shot across the bow to see how does these things come, come back online. Well, the thing is, is that they're going to have the, you know, their app, their, their, um, um, their scanner app where everyone's, you know, going to have their all clear or not, 
you know, that mm-hmm. they can get into the park with, like, they don't, they don't have the virus or they recovered from it or what have you. Uh, and we're just not going to have that. And if, you know, if we do have it, it's not going to be for like a while. And yeah. people, the people are going to be resistant to it because America. Well, and, and that's the thing is like, we could be going through all this stuff. And by October, we might have a vaccine. We might, I mean, who knows at this point, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to say. Well, I think what we'll probably see first is all the antibody tests. And then maybe we will have a national database with an app in which, you know, we all, you know, everybody basically maybe maybe you can only go to the parks if you test negative for the antibodies. Yeah. And then and then are we gonna have people forging documents and forging, you know, oh my God. <laughs> you know, just to get into the parks? I don't know. Yeah, that can get a little dicey, right? Yeah. Um all right. Well, next up, uh, we had another story that we, we, we thought was good. So this is from, uh, you know, Robert from Theme Park Insider. Great source, you know, fun from they pulled a uh, an image from yeah, this is funny. <laughs> Home and Disaster Loans. Uh, that's that's from like the back lot, right? Yeah, that's from Universal Studios back lot from the uh, the War of the Worlds scene with the plane <laughs> crash. <laughs> so we're not yeah. gloom here, right? We have a little bit of fun here. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, Rob, Rob always finds the good stuff. <laughs> so oh, a, little bit, a little bit of life. I also sent you another uh, article just before we went online too about uh, uh, that Mark Cuban. Okay, uh, yeah. If you, vamp, if you can vamp for thirty seconds, I can pull it up. All right. Well, uh, this other article we're going to talk about is an interview with Mark Cuban in which he talks about the uh, long-lasting um, effects that the behavior of certain brands uh, will have on their long-term, you know, image, you know, how they treat their employees mostly. And I, I wanted to talk about uh, that as it relates to the dichotomy between Disney and Universal and how they're treating their employees, how they're handling the crisis, how they're responding to it, you know, in terms of furloughs and layoffs and projects and all that. Uh-huh. All right. I got it. I almost got it pulled up, but basically, I mean, you summarized it up pretty well, right? Yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So hold on. Let me see. Uh, you know, we can talk about it some more. Yes. All right. Pardon me. I'm juggling a few things here. I got, next week we're going to have somebody in the controller. My, I, 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 I hunkered somebody down. So yeah, how do companies treat their workers during pandemic could have defined their brand for decades, um, which is interesting because we know that you know SeaWorld furloughed ninety percent of their staff pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, SeaWorld is kind of their own thing. They got some other issues, um, and yeah. so then we have uh, you know Universal, which. You know, I'm hearing whispers of Universal, you know, and sometimes I don't know what's like being told me in confidence, but um, they're getting they're getting wages cut. Um, and yeah, but yeah, everyone, staying on. everyone's working all the hourly, salary, uh, sal, sal, hourly and salary uh, employees are working at 80 percent uh, of their pay. Uh-huh. All executives and everybody, um, everybody I know to. Uh, and then uh, all the part-time people just got furloughed last week, I think, you know, so, but like, I don't think that's very many people though. That's just like, like write-ops and F and B people at the parks, maybe. Well, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's so interesting um, because 
I don't really know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pretend to know what the best way to handle it. Like, I don't know every piece of legislation. The rosy eyed piece of me thought that all these companies were going to get bailouts. And so they were just, and Europe's doing this right now. A lot of play other, you know, progressive or, you know, whatever they're saying, we're going to pay for 80% of your payroll and you're going to keep everybody on. Everyone is all covered and they're all staying employed so that you can keep up during this pandemic. Um, but the United States is means tested, it's complicated, it's bailouts, it's loans, it's 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 a kind of a hot mess. It's, um, it's really it's really sad, and I try not to think about it too much, just because it's being handled so badly. And it you know it's the you know it's all the way to the top, you know, with our, our president who takes no responsibility, and it's just like it's the federal government. These are states' issues, and it's just like oh, dude, no. Well, and I want to I want to be honest, like. I, I think you and I align politically, uh, you know, very aligned, but like it's everyone, like all, everybody's failed a month ago. They should have been like, okay, we're stopping rent. We're stopping mortgages. Everything needs to freeze mm-hmm. and every, and everyone gets UBI. Done. Yeah. That would have been, now we have, you know, we had what, 6 million people last week that filed for unemployment. And those are the people that were able to, um, and this is this is gonna have far-reaching. This is supposed to be a positive show, but it's just like this crazy. It's this crazy thing going on right now. But uh, I, like I said, though, I really think though, like when they when we start to roll things back on, that like I think most people, you know, are just gonna like go back to work and get their jobs back because you know, like like all the theme park companies, you know, and design companies that that furlough people I and mean, they're doing it in such a way and later on you know we can we can we'll bring on peter to talk about the way vegas is doing it you know they're doing it so that they can just like literally just you know flip a switch and everybody co- comes back to work and they're in the system and everybody just like gets paid again yeah um maybe that's a good segue yeah so well we have a few more stories we'll run through. Oh, okay. <laughs> we we were actually proven um right last week yeah so, oh but the thing yeah we had a we had a story that came up really like honestly like a couple days after um, Bob Iger starting to talk about potentially they could be doing temperature scanners as you enter the park right uh, we had theorized about that I think you and I both kind of agreed that that's kind of might be the future of this so um, that kind of hit that hit the trades got a little that got a little uh, you know Orlando Sentinel you know they're national you know whatever they they do news. Um, that was kind of interesting that we could be doing temperature scans to get into the parks and there's different ways of doing it. You know, it could be, um, they do it remotely. It could be, yeah, I mean, I don't want to have a temperature stick in my head when I want to go into magic kingdom, but, um, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what the future holds really. I mean, I think, you know, when they, if they do do the temperature scans and I'm sure they will, I think that it's just going to be part of the, the rest of the theater of security where like, it's mm-hmm. not really effective, but it's mostly just for plausible deniability and peace of mind for people. Yeah, because you know, uh, you know uh, what happens. That's depressing. <laughs> that it's going to be that theater. <laughs> yes, yeah, the theater of security, the theater of temperature. You know, whatever. But the the virus theater. Uh, but I mean, imagine like you're standing in line in the sun uh, to go into security for thirty minutes. You know, and then you get up to the scanner, and it's like your temperature is like 101 because you've been standing in the in the damn sun. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, that is true. That is true, though. Like, if you're just walking through an area, um, but we'll move on. We'll move on to a different news, right? So, we—I I saw this article that I thought was really interesting. 
Um, and it is again from, um, well, Ken's story um, was on Orlando Weekly. History shows now is the time to invest in tourism projects. Our Disney Universal and SeaWorld listening. Um, which is Universal is. Yeah, which is kind of interesting um, from what you were talking about earlier. Universal is saying that they're going gung-ho on projects. And I have not personally heard of anybody from Universal being furloughed. But we all know that the furloughs are coming um, to Disney. If not now, they're coming in a week, right? So they're already happening. Yeah, they're already happening. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I was actually pretty surprised to see that um, that projects. But what I, what potentially is is that they don't want to have construction sites open because there's might be liability there, what have you. Um, yeah, Universal has construction sites ongoing right now. That is true, and they're willing to take that on. I don't. That's the thing is, I don't know what I don't know what Disney is using for their formula. I think that it's it's a liability issue. It's all plausible deniability so that they can, you know, not, I think, expose themselves to lawsuits from individuals, you know, over exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, Universal is, is playing the game well in that, you know, in Los Angeles, at least, construction is deemed an essential business. Mm-hmm. And so they continue because they, you know, they've got so much money invested in uh, the attractions that are under construction right now that like, it doesn't make any sense for them to stop if they don't have to. Well, and, and I, I, I think that we kind of talked about this earlier or last week we talked about it, which was what are people going to do when they come back? So are they going to need something to draw them to the parks? So new, new attractions, new attractions, right? Yeah. Are they going to need new attractions or are they just, is there going to be such pent up demand I, I'm, I don't know. This is all speculation, but is Disney playing that? Are they playing that game where they're saying, hey, yeah, we know, we know that people are just going to want to come back. I really don't know. Well, Disney's going to have the, the Marvel Avengers campus thing at uh, California Adventure eventually, like later this summer, maybe in the early fall, uh-huh. you know, but um, I mean, I don't, I think any plans for a, a new Fantasyland or Tomorrowland at Disneyland are now just like over right for the time being uh but uh you know uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the you know all the other projects at like shanghai with the zootopia yeah uh, and uh all the stuff in japan with the fantasy land and the the, ta- uh, the frozen arendelle stuff yeah you know well, moving a little bit afar from disney and universal we have las vegas and we have a guest who has been willing to come on to the show. Peter, come on, come on on the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, Andy, why don't you give a little intro to Peter so people know, uh, you know, who Peter is and all that kind of good stuff. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, uh, Peter is my cousin. Um, uh, he's my mother's brother's son. And uh, I love him very much. And he's a great guy. And uh, he lives in Las Vegas, works in Las Vegas, works for Caesars. Uh, entertainment and uh i i know that he has a lot of insight and knowledge and experience uh working in vegas for a long time now and i think i thought that he would be a really great addition to the show well, to talk, about, talk about how vegas is gonna is is being affected how things went down yes. you know last month yeah. when you had mm-hmm. to shut it all down and how things could maybe turn back on yeah so, so peter what say you 
Well, it, it's very interesting here. You know, things have been affected very greatly. Um, last month, it was a crazy escalation of events. Um, myself, I work in box office, so I work for ticketing for large events, smaller events throughout the city. And it was pretty crazy the amount of requests that started to come in. Um, and I, I knew pretty early on that this, it was going to get pretty crazy. And it's all about uh, how guests, how comfortable they are. You know, uh, this entire town depends on the strip, depends on people coming here. And without that happening, nobody, nobody has a job. Nobody's able to work. Like the day that I was let go or furloughed, if you want to call it, was the same day my director was mm-hmm. and pretty much almost everyone in the company, if, unless they were a VP level or higher or an essential employee. So that being said, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, if you go down the strip right now, every hotel is like boarded up. You can't get in, you can't get out. There's just Metro police there to make sure nobody's vandalizing anything. I didn't and know that. It's, it's just basically, there's no reason to go there. The only place that people go are grocery stores or other essential businesses. So it's it's pretty interesting seeing how quickly our town was affected. Um, and with the companies that work here, all of them, you know, they want to stay open as long as they can. And they want to reopen as soon as they can um, because we're it's all entertainment. It's all lodging. It's all you know, people being close together is the business basically. And the more people you can have in close contact, the more money you're going to make. So it'll be interesting, at least from my standpoint in ticketing and events. Um, like we had a bunch of shows scheduled for the rest of March and April. So are those shows going to be stacked on other shows that were already scheduled later in the year? Um, we, we don't know, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. And the other interesting part is, is Las Vegas has a very low uh, wage rate. So mm. a lot of employees don't get paid very highly. And a lot of those employees who are on unemployment now are actually making more than they were actually working. Huh. So are they going to come back to work for the wage that they would have gotten before? Who knows? You know, it's a, uh, Pretty interesting stuff. So, I, so you, you work in the box office, and I'm, you know, has there? Do you have any thoughts about just are people gonna want to sit next to one another when you, we first get into it? Like we could probably say that a year out, things might go back to whatever normal might be. But have you heard um, think about speculation about you know how right. it's going to be right? So, from companies' perspectives, um, they, I'm assuming, will reopen as soon as they can. Uh, dependent on government legislation. So our governor here in Nevada has closed the state down until May 1st, and we have shows scheduled to go on as of May 1st. Um, Those are smaller scale shows where you don't have as many people confined to one room. Mm -hmm. For the larger scale shows, at least for my company, most of them have been pushed back to June. Um, There hasn't been any talk of, you know, taping off every other seat or anything like that because a lot of people purchase specific yeah. seats so having to relocate that amount of people is not really feasible yeah. for most most of our shows um it Maybe. i think the biggest impact will be entrance and exit 
um, because half of the amount of people that go to shows here in Vegas like to arrive a little bit later and half of them like to arrive earlier. So it's a constant juggle that we do to try to make sure we have a right start time to try to make as many people happy as possible. But I'm sure that there's going to be extra security precautions um, in the future. So how will that affect people coming and going? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you interesting. Think you, might, you might have like the temperature checks that we're talking about at the theme parks uh, entry process and all that. Um, I don't know, because here in Vegas, you know, it's all about debauchery. There's a lot of people who go to shows intoxicated or yeah. whatnot. So it's it's hard to gauge what what they'll be able to do, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that they'll take every precaution they can without affecting profits. So that's that's what I would imagine would happen. Yeah. So that's, so then it's gonna be up to like what's the minimum requirements that they're gonna have to meet by the the state and local governments versus what people are willing to uh put up with and what they're willing to you know what concessions people or individuals are willing to make as as terms of like their personal safety and it's like are, are, is it just gonna be like uh you know people just gonna take their chances and it's gonna be like it was mm-hmm yeah, I mean, it's, it just depends on how comfortable everybody is. If they're comfortable enough to come out here and have a vacation and go to shows, be on the casino floor, then I'm sure that companies will be open, you know? Yeah. Um, if if it's, you know, 50% or more that don't feel that way, then I don't see it getting back to where it was until that's the case. What... Um what's the state of the ground on morale like how, you're you're furloughed are you keeping in contact with your fellow you know your your fellow employees like what's this what's right this? so it's it's pretty crazy because nobody has had to deal with this before mm -hmm. and with the amount of employees that caesars and mgm and sands and all these large companies have it's almost impossible to do something individually for every single one so it's kind of like a blanket statement whenever we get information um and basically to my knowledge almost most everybody who was part-time full-time or salary is on a temporary leave of absence or furloughed so that they qualify for unemployment and that goes into effect after they use their pto um and at that point, then they qualify. It's it's interesting though, because um, yeah, it's I know that some people they were just completely let go. Like a lot of people who are working on call, they just lost a job. So it'll it'll be, and I think they did that because they don't expect things to come back around as as fast as they were going. Um, you mean and, like, like dealers and slot hosts and things like that or or housekeeping staff? Right, exactly. So um, originally, uh, based on business demands, there was a first wave of people that were let go or furloughed. And then after that, there was a secondary wave. And then the third wave waited until basically we're good on operation sides um, and everybody understands that they're not able to reach who they need to reach to get what they need. So then that's when the, basically the third wave happened. 
And I think coming back, it'll kind of be the opposite, except I think they'll stretch it out as long as they can um, to try to recoup what money they can. So when I go back, I foresee having to do more work to catch up what was lost um, and be stretched as thin as possible before being able to bring back some of my employees to help with that load. What about construction in town? I know that uh, some work continued on the Allegiant Stadium. What about uh, yeah. some of the other casino hotel projects like uh, uh, the Sentosa and the Drew? And oh, it's the other one downtown on, on Fremont Street. Binions? Huh? Binions or Resorts World, maybe? Resorts World. And then there's the one, the Cromwell. Yeah. So, uh, to my knowledge, construction has continued for the most part. The biggest one, obviously, is Legion Stadium. Um, they're really pushing to get that done in time for July, um, and they foresee that opening going as planned, to my knowledge. Um, just because they've put so much time and effort and money into that stadium, I think they're also really banging on the fact that the events and uh, the football season that's going to happen there will really – bring a lot of people back to Vegas. Yeah. Um, well, as for hotels, yeah. um, I think they're still doing some of the minor projects um, where you don't have to be in close contact with people. Um, one of the interesting, the interesting things I heard was like resorts world is still hiring for people for their opening. So I guess they're just planning to go as planned, but um, it's all day to day. Things change like every day here to where, you don't really count on anything that you hear. So, and we did have a news story we saw that um, we can't really see it. Hold on. Uh, basically, that uh, MGM Resort sets the shows back to June 1st, Cirque Connect back online. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I know you don't work for MGM Resorts, but obviously you keep in touch with them. Um, are you guys, do you think that's June 1st is reality? Or what are you kind of hearing on the ground? Um, as of right now, it is. A reality um it it's, it's hard to tell it's all about what the occupancy percentages are at the hotels um when this all first started um the main reason why people were getting let go and why things were closing down is because the occupancy percentage was just not there right so um and I could I could see why Cirque has pushed back to June because their venues generally are anywhere from 500 to 2,500 people, and a vast majority of people right now are not comfortable in that setting. Yeah. So I could see smaller showrooms that hold, you know, anywhere from 250 to 500 people opening up as early as May, provided that you know we're not forced to stay at home longer than that. Do, do you think that um, there might be a push in Vegas to have more intimate experiences for entertainment? Um, I could see that, but a lot of work would have to go into showrooms and, and places like that in order to make that a reality. You know, that's something that has always been off and on here in Vegas to where, you know, they want an interactive bar and restaurant and showroom all together. But it's, it's really hard to keep somebody in a location like that in this town for an extended period of time. So sure. <laughs> having to remodel and renovate to get that, I, w- I could see it being a thing in the future. But for now, they just want to go bare bones to get whatever profits they can recoup. Sure. 
All right, Andy, any last questions for Peter? Uh, to your knowledge, I'm just curious. I have a thing for like casino and hotel resort operations. What what kind of uh, maintenance, if any, do you think is going on in in the the resorts and the casinos right now? Or and what and what do they consider essential staff? You know, beyond like security. Right. So um, I know that they are continuing routine maintenance just because uh, being up to date on what needs to be ma maintained is cheaper than having to fix a bunch of stuff at once. So I know that security is doing walkthroughs of every floor of like every casino every day to check on things. And then there's a maintenance, like a very bare bone maintenance staff that is maintaining what needs to be fixed. But as for like power, like all the lights and emergency lights are off for the most part and stuff like that. So. So the casinos are literally just dark and they just have the work lights on. Yeah, they have, you know, whatever minimal lighting they can have on, stuff like that. I mean, I haven't been able to go into any casino or anything, so I can't verify that to be the case or not. But um, so from what I know, that is the case. Wow. Well, there you go. Well, Peter, you know, um, thank you for coming on the show. It was good to get an insight of that. You know, me and... Me and Andy are both big Vegas fans, and I bet you next time I go to Vegas, I'll come say hi to you. <laughs> yeah, please come on by, say hi. We'll have a good time. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks, All Peter. Right. Thanks. Oh, before we go, Peter, can you give a plug for your YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Lucky Pete. I just basically play slot videos and eat burritos because that's what I like to do. <laughs> so, so check it out. I'm it's a good time. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, for Frosty. Hi, Frosty. Oh, yeah. There's my cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right thank you sir thanks for joining us all right andy um that was great that was cool to touch in because you know uh just to get the ground the, to see how other places are doing i know kind of how orlando's doing see how, how vegas peter's really nice to join us for the show um but you know what it's time to wrap it up it's been a, it's been a good haul um next week's show um we're going to talk about something that's pretty close to your heart and my heart april 14th 2020 is the 20th anniversary of Men in Black Alien Attack. Um, and so we've lined up. Go ahead. Who have we lined up for this, this spectacular, uh, spectacular as, show? As of uh, airtime, uh, we've got uh, uh, two of my dear friends, uh, Dave Cobb, who, uh, as everybody knows, was the creative director for the attraction uh, and brought me on uh, as composer uh you know essentially launching my themed entertainment career in a in a real way and uh, also uh my dear friend jason depew uh who was on the opening ops team of the attraction and um uh he's gonna i think we're gonna have a really fun discussion from from yeah. from all angles yeah well and i got my start in operation so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna like study watch write a film and all this kind of good stuff I've read his treatment that the Dave Cobb treatment and script that he put out. I've used that in my own, like to like even learn how to write for theme parks. So and maybe, we, maybe, we can, maybe we can have a new little bit of intro music. Ah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, <laughs> so check us out next week, folks. we got Dave Cobb and Jason on the show. And of course, Andy, who had part of that. Oh, this is fun. We'll do it again. And, and um, thank you for joining us. We're going to be here every Sunday night during the lockdown in various states of sobriety. Um, during that um, so uh, thanks for joining no us promises. what's that no promises <laughs> no promises all right thanks folks
Could you hear my dog barking in the background? 